On today's show, here we're going to give you the latest on the Donovan Mitchell extension situation. And if it's time to worry about it, let's dive in. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. All right, the music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Demerol. As always, we have Jake Stevens producing. Evan currently looks like he's doing like an exam and is like stressed out. So I don't really know what's going on over there. Evan, how are you? Uh, stressed uh, is a good way to put it. But, you know, we're hanging in there. Just it's like that uh, clip from Parks and Rec when Leslie Note falls down the uh, the ditch and uh, just rolls to the very bottom, just kind of gives like a haphazard thumbs up. That's me right now, but how are you? I feel like that's always you, but I'm okay. Uh, let's talk about, the. we have a couple of things to get into today. Segments two and three, we're going to talk about Donovan Mitchell's extension latest, what Brian Windhorst has said about this, which has been true for a while. And we're going to just, should you worry about it? Should you be thinking about this as you get ready for the calf season, which starts in... Uh, games in about a month, but really with media day and practice, and everything comes back here very shortly. We're going to start with the only news we really have that's actual firm news, that the Cavs are going to build a new practice facility. This facility is going to be built in conjunction with support of the Cleveland Clinic, um, and there's also going to be Bedrock, Dan Gilbert's company that has a lot of ownership of downtown. They're going to build the Cleveland Clinic Global Peak Performance Center. This will move the Cavs practice facility from Independence to downtown. Uh, no exact date on when this will be done. Uh, it continues the Cavs' long-term corporate partnership with the, the Cleveland Clinic. And I think, Evan, the, the, from a basketball standpoint, I think what matters about this is that this is part of a trend of teams putting their facilities in urban areas where players are more likely to live and more likely to spend time, and more likely to want to spend time. This is an area, this is a, a facility that the team will spend more time at than the arena, just due to practices and rehab and all that stuff. This, to me, whenever it happens, I think this is a really big deal. I think this is, this is a pretty sizable investment, and in one of the advantages you have when ownership is willing to spend and they're able to get their corporate sponsorship. Like You can knock Gilbert for a lot of things, I think. I think spending to invest in the back end of the team is absolutely something that you can, and this is yeah, I agree with you. I think this is certainly proof of it. I think when Cleveland Court Clinic Courts were constructed in Independence, um, when we did the reading on Return of the King a uh, while back, uh, a part of that thought process in building it out there was it was closer of a commute for LeBron for practice every day because LeBron lives in uh, the Montrose Fairlawn Bath region, and it's like a 15-20 minute drive, and that's easier than going to downtown where the Cavs still have their old practice courts and kind of facilities built into the upper, upper sections of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I think the Charge have a lot of practice there when the Cavs need the facilities or there's work being done on the courts of the facilities like it's a backup court that the Cavs have there but it makes a lot of sense um we'll see how long this project takes but um and also just like the impacts and changes to the greater independence community like is there a financial dip from that of course just because of 
athletes maybe not doing business there or whatever but like you said just from a pure logistics standpoint uh, a lot of the athletes either live in like Westlake or Crocker Park region or just like more of the some of the more affluent neighborhoods that are a little bit uh, higher end but they spend a lot of their time downtown to begin with they are at the arena from hours before tip off until much much after the game depending on what kind of work they may get in whether that's rehabilitation or just you know physical stuff or just shooting period uh, after the game as well and I think having access to the amenities and just more greater things versus kind of what the Cavs have which is quite a bit uh, it's always surprising when you like get the in-depth tour of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse like how far back uh, things go within the walls of the arena but I think this is just a nice feature to have a nice amenity to have if you're the Cavs and like to your point, um, it's just um, the next step forward and just kind of player investment, which is something Dan Gilbert's never been shy about. And I think it's just part of the long term vision of Dan Gilbert reshaping the foundation and uh, future of the greater Cleveland community. I, th- if, I think there's probably a dialogue to be had about how much you know Bedrock owns in, in downtown and their investment. In it. That's not the discussion I think you want to have here. I think with this in particular, what. Uh, that matters. that's the one I was trying to have either. I no, just... I'm, but I, I know. I'm just saying in, in general, that's not, I think, that that there's a whole other discussion you could have. They obviously are investing in something else, and Bedrock's very involved in it, and you can walk around a town and find that lots of things are owned by Bedrock. That's, again, um, a different conversation. I think I think the part of this that intrigues me the most is there's a, there's a Kobe Allman quote, which is obviously prepared by the press team, you know, I'm sure he had some say, but this is a very calculated statement by a very calculated person. Here's just a quick line from it. Quote, By creating a, a sustainable hub of resources to serve our players, we have an opportunity to retain and attract the league's top talent, strengthen the lifespan of their careers, and help them reach their highest potential. I think what that is, is kind of admitting without having to say it out loud, that this is not a place that players necessarily want to be, that this isn't like the first market players are wanting going to go to, but something like this, if that gives you something of an edge and maybe helps you keep someone or bring someone in uh, that can help you contend in the way you want to or whatever it is, and you get a reputation for that, that boons your franchise. I think that if that being part of this, even if you can never going to be able to calculate that and the, the money you get back on that, to me, if you're talking about a pure basketball sense, that is the quote, that is the line coming out of this that is the most important thing to consider. If this is a way to better your recruitment, if this is a way to better retain your best players and make them happy here in a city that might not be their first choice, I think, mm-hmm. I think that is a, clearly the, the aim here. Yeah, I think you're 100% spot on and just making players happy and maybe investing in what they want and what they want to do uh just from like i guess a logistic standpoint from where i live on the west side uh you are downtown to jason chris won't tell everyone where you exactly live but i mean i know um, i mean like i'm not going to say where i live but i literally live downtown and i'm I, based on this and some of the other bedrock plans uh that have been announced in the past couple of years like the, the area of, this isn't gonna this is gonna change like a vast swath oh, it's of gonna the change area that more Everything. or less the entire river shoreway is part of the vision and like terminal tower will change quite a bit too and there'll be a lot of changes and features the Cavs have planned out that we'll see if everything hits their execution and the goals because again like we're talking about this in 2023 a lot of things can change just either publicly privately uh within the government as well just between now and then too but 
having the Cleveland Clinic backing the funding of this, and I think the Cavs willing to shell out the cash to do it certainly makes this a little bit of an easier build and transition just because Cleveland is a, is a city with very limited space because you are a city that is built along a lake. It's not like you have land that you can just kind of reach out of and grab. So either you're looking west or east and sometimes that isn't attainable. But for myself, or for Chris, like the idea of only having to drive downtown to cover Cavs practice or doing that and then having to cover a game after that, like that sounds so much more simplistic and ideal versus driving out to Independence, which is, this is such a first world problem for me to complain about, but like it's 25, 30 minute commute, you're the subject of highway traffic and things that are completely out of your control versus things being a little bit more contained and a little bit centralized and compartmentalized. And that's just for us as media members, but uh, for the players, like, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Be like, I know of players who live downtown. I know of players who live very close to downtown. I would imagine most players don't worry about driving the logistics. The Cavs will take care of them if they have to, and in order to make sure they get to places on time if they need to. Um, but like you said, uh, investing in player health and improvement, and the fact that this is a non-glamour market team, like you don't have the amenities of off the court of like a Miami or a New York or a Los Angeles does, uh, you have to invest in other ways. And I, it's kind of funny you think about the NFLPA report cards about certain teams and their facilities and what teams offer. Um, a lot of players or give high marks to organizations that are clearly invested in like health, fitness, and safety of the players, whether that's through uh, training equipment available or the newness or like just uniqueness of what they offer in terms of training equipment or training staff and personnel. And like, I think the Cavs are a very analytically focused and I think a feedback response based on just like player happiness focused as well to kind of find a beautiful union between those two and maximize the potential going forward of it. Do you think the, we should get an NBA report card from the union on these facilities? I would be fascinated to, to read all of that. All right, coming up next... I, yeah, Mitchell. I, I agree. Like, I would be so curious to see like one through three, which players like which, and then they rank it out. Like, I I want to know if there is an organization that makes their team pay for any of the food that is provided by the facilities, like the Arizona Cardinals do. We coming up next after this break, we're going to touch on Donovan Mitchell, latest on his extension, as part of I think one of the biggest Cavs future considerations we're going to have here. So we'll talk about that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. If you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door, then try DoorDash. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stop up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to visit your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll, f- you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. And if you want even more value, you can save on all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee and all eligible orders with a Dash Pash membership. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDINNBA at checkout. That is a limited time offer and terms apply. That is 50% off up to $20, no min subtotal. And zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code Locked On NBA. Don't forget it. that's code Locked On NBA for fifty percent off your first order with DoorDash. All right, coming back in Donovan Mitchell and his extension, something that we'll be talking about and talking about and talking about. But here's where I want to frame this, Evan. Brian mm. Winters goes on TV. He says that Donovan Mitchell is not going to sign an extension right now. 
that obviously we've known that. And I don't think that's a surprise. I don't think there's necessarily an advantage for him to sign it. I think the people that are rushing to say you got to trade him now are out of their minds. What I do think is the most interesting part of what Wendy had said, and I think what I, th- I am fascinated to hear from in a week, is how Donovan talks about it. And I think that is going to shape all of this. I, the latest, I think, is just it's, it's going to be dictated by Mitchell. The, the, the latest that we've heard from news-wise is he's not going to sign one. Well, we've known that. I think everyone has kind of assumed that. I don't think the Cavs have assumed he was going to sign one, even though he's eligible. What I do think is we're about to find out how he's going to talk about it and what his kind of thoughts are and the tone that sets. That, to me, is is really the next... It, it is the only domino, really, to fall here as we're, as we're looking at a possible Mitchell extension. Yeah, I think he did do a good job in quieting some of the outside noise surrounding um, what's coming with a possible extension or at least his long-term future with Cleveland and the fact that he did just make that Instagram post about... Um, him in a Cavs jersey and just thinking about things and use the shh emoji just to kind of shush. Maybe he's implying he's shushing the outside noise, but um, at least from like a fan base perspective, it just it does quell a lot of that outside noise. I don't know what it's going to do from a media perspective, especially just how this entire season goes, uh, the upcoming season goes for the Cavs and Mitchell as well. And like, how does this partnership and marriage between the two work? But you look at that and yeah, I think it's a question that is certainly going to be asked a lot of media day. I do wonder if maybe he puts out like a blanket statement uh, to lead the press conference just to say like, hey, I'm not really here to talk about my future of the team. I'd rather focus on what the season is ahead of us. And it's probably going to be the same answer he gives now and again and time and time and time again until we get to the point where he is extension eligible. And then, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't agree to an extension right away because financially he can make more um, in the long term run if he doesn't really uh, mortgage its future quote-unquote like the Cavs and of course things could change between now and then like you don't want an injury or anything like that to happen but um, just looking at this from like a pure like just fly on the wall perspective I, I don't think there's going to be much from it I think he's just going to maintain the stance and Donovan's just kind of a guy who doesn't really alter his stance or flow in a lot of things um, and he's very much one who is quick to deflect or step away from the spotlight when he doesn't want to be in it and find other avenues and ways to just focus on other topics, whether it's the team itself or his teammates or maybe even how last season ended or just anything in between. Like there's so many other storylines about this Cavs team that that could fall to the wayside pretty quickly just because like you said, there's some sticker shock or maybe just some like some shock value from it coming from Brian Windhorst, one of the most reputable NBA insiders. But it's also not really that big of a surprise if it's just like you and me. Like I saw it, I'm like, ah, okay. So we just kind of have a confirmation of what we already knew. Here's what I would say in response that I think actually will help us kind of move this conversation forward in an interesting way. Mitchell could do something similar to what Giannis has done. He is not the the caliber of Giannis. There's not, I think, the 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 fate of a franchise hanging on Mitchell's shoulders in the way there is with Giannis. But Giannis has been very transparent. Giannis has been about as transparent and frank as you're going to get a superstar being about what he wants. Is Mitchell going to do that? Or is he going to say, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to answer questions about it this year. Like, I think there are, there are different ways you could handle this by trying to push it aside that will give you different vibes and give people different feels and tell you different things. The way Giannis has handled it is, I think, frankly, like even if it's uncomfortable in a little bit because he's being so honest and transparent about like, hey, like I could leave. I would rather a superstar do that than just kind of like never talk about it. I, mm-hmm. I understand there's PR implications, but I, to my, I, I think, Evan, 
that to me is the interest. I think there is something to be learned about what Mick, what's going through Mitchell's brain as far as what he says on media day. And if he, it all kind of says like, yeah, I want to win and talks about kind of more, a little more open than I think we've seen so far, or he's been on Instagram. Yeah. And to your point, like it could be a PR nightmare because you think a lot of a weird example, of course, just looking at it from like the long term and how his career's gone. But like, I remember when Kyrie like first went to the Boston Celtics, he did like that huge like thing where like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a Celtic for my entire career or you have that or from like a team slash maybe like player perspective just from how a team handles things like when Blake Griffin signed that mammoth contract with the Clippers the Clippers had buyers remorse pretty soon after and traded him to the Pistons and this was after a very long piece came out that said that like Steve Ballmer walked Blake Griffin Griffin through like a timeline of his life and his basketball career and like showed his jersey hanging up in the rafters of Staples Center one day as a Clipper and like, yeah, that can still happen, but you want to avoid this just in terms so it doesn't get messy on either side. But I think Brian Windhorst also just saying like the Cavs were at least not surprised by this, or at least seemingly knew this when they were trying to trade and acquire Mitchell. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what Kobe Allen was saying that the, the Donovan Mitchell certainly made a strong first impression with the Cavs um, in his first season with the team in full. I'm sure he already had a pretty strong f- reputation and just foundation at, during his time at Utah as well. But Altman did say like it is on the organization to prove to Mitchell like, hey, we are a winning team. We are a winning program. We do have a pathway for success and to that could lead to NBA finals or conference finals or even championships. Um appearances for the first two championships just outright in the last one but we'll see how this goes I really do think this upcoming season will be a linchpin on the future of Donovan Mitchell because you could certainly feel the human aspect of him just being like visibly frustrated that he's just fed up with losing so much in the first and second round that he really wants to play some meaningful basketball at this point in his career and now the pressure's on the Cavs to kind of show him like hey Cleveland may not have the amenities in New York's and it's certainly not home like New York is but we have a clear vision and path to you winning versus maybe going to the Knicks or even the Nets in some circumstances as well I think there's also a world where this year kind of reveals certain things about who or who does not want out of a Mitchell and that maybe pushes his hand in a certain way at least in the short term I don't think we can rule that out either all right one more break we're gonna come back and talk about if it's worth worrying about if you're a fan let's dive in evan put yourself in a diehard fan shoes would you would you today be worried about would you as the season start to be thinking about worried about donovan mitchell not having signed an extension I think it's a voice in the back of my head um, just because if you're a diehard fan or even a casual fan, like I was talking to family members over the weekend who don't follow the Cavs whatsoever, but they are aware of them giving to, getting Donovan Mitchell and then the Cavs getting punked in the first round because they live in Cincinnati and the Cavaliers aren't on as much as the Blue Jackets are for them or like UC and Xavier. But either way, um, they, they watch the Cavs in the first round. They're like, oh, well, what are they going to do to keep them? And so I think it's just going to be like an idea in the back of my head. But like as a hardcore diehard fan, um, the Cavs had one of the better off seasons in the NBA. They prioritized shooting. They got Max Drews, who, according to Chris Fedor, was signed with the impression of being the starting small forward for the Cavs. I, I'm curious to see if it is a shoe-in or is it a competition between him and Okoro. But like the Cavs made investments to make this team better, to make themselves more deep and diverse, especially come playoff time and when rotations get tighter and maybe you need to prioritize shooting and spacing when you can. 
Um, I'll be focused on that. And I've been more curious to see how the new pieces fit. It's just like a hardcore fan. The way I, I think I approach fandom is similar to how I approach just covering this team in general. But if like, I want to put on my dumb fan hat, like the Denver Broncos, um, as long as the Cavs don't lose 70 to 20 at some point this season or the basketball equivalent of losing 70 to 20, like my beloved Broncos did to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Um, I won't be too concerned if that somehow happens. Uh, that would be incredible to see. I think just from like, oh my gosh, this is history. But also, like, I'd be like, yeah, this this team's a joke. And I'm not saying the Cavs are a joke, but like, I'm saying the Broncos are. And I'd be like, are you just gonna blow this thing up? Donovan Mitchell shouldn't be here. Um, he should be in greater pastures because he's certainly gonna leave <laughs> just because this team can't do anything right. Much like uh, the, the the donkeys of Denver. If I were, I I would not be super stressed about it now if I was a fan because mm-hmm. it's been one year. It's been one week since you looked it at was me. Vi- no, it's been a very successful year, even with the playoff loss. I think mm-hmm. as you're starting the season there's not a ton of reason to me to be overly thinking about that. Now, could he sit, could he answer stuff in a way at media day and like put that in your head and it gets a little bit weird. Like, yeah, I I think that's absolutely possible that you get in a situation there where like things just get a little bit uncomfortable and you don't really know what to do with that. I don't think that's, you know, entirely out of the question. If he's just like, you know, I'm not, if, I always am just. I'd, I think it's better, even if your answers are uncomfortable, to just answer questions about this stuff and kind of acknowledge what people are thinking about, than be like, "I'm not talking about this." I always just think I res- I respect that as a way of operating as a person more beyond just like a media mm-hmm. thing. I also just I think this next year, regardless of it's the Cavs' success or what other teams may or may not want Mitchell. I think that's just going to end up having a big part in all of this. I, I really think you, there's going to be player movement. There's going to be teams that theoretically he could want to go to looking at you, Knicks, that could go do other stuff. And if they do other stuff and their chips go to that and it doesn't go to Mitchell, okay, I, I think that might answer his question. And at that point, Mitchell could, the Cavs case for Mitchell, considering they have Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and all of this stuff, I think their case will be really compelling. And I, I think a year from now, like next summer, would I be more like weirded out if he's not signing one? Yes. I don't know if the Cavs can go into a year of him in a contract year and not necessarily be concerned about that. But I think right now it feels a little bit too early. And so I think that's interesting. I think Mitchell is just so calculated as an individual in terms of just like giving his answers. Um, I remember when I was in Salt Lake City for his return to Salt Lake for the first time as a visiting player that a lot of the questions were the comments he made about um, how it's hard for a black man to kind of connect with the community, especially with one that is so conservative in the greater state of Utah like it is. But and like that was a primary focus, but he was clear, succinct and honest, but like he didn't say anything like edgy or controversial or like try to like push the needle or like maybe like he doesn't play the media like LeBron does or did, especially when LeBron was in Cleveland. And to your point, I think if when he doesn't sign the extension, maybe there is a bit more of a clearer dialogue with Mitchell than there is with LeBron where 
it, with LeBron, it's just more so like, yeah, we'll see what he does. And then they just kind of like keep the conversation at arm's length away until maybe the Cavs do something on their own or maybe figure out what they have to do to keep LeBron. Like, whereas with Mitchell, there's probably a clear dialogue and understanding of like, yeah, Donovan's pretty happy here. He's happy with the stuff going on off the court. He's happy that there's X, Y, and Z available. He's excited about the future of the team, whether it's the new practice facility or just the growth that the team has shown with his young stars or just their upcoming moves in the off season. But maybe there's ways to make concessions because you do think of like Giannis, who is being pretty clear and transparent. Um, maybe we do get a little bit of that from Mitchell next summer. Like they maybe because that's going to be a topic of discussion on like bigger basketball podcasts that have Donovan Mitchell stop by as like a guest or something like that, whether it's just on his own volition or like his agency or the team or something. And like, if he's asked about it, Mitchell's also not a guy who really lies and he's pretty transparent when he wants to be, um, he can well, be a little uh, bit more can, open can, and like kind of tell the Cavs without telling to, the Cavs, like, yeah, if you build more of a winner around me, I'd be more inclined to stay. But like, he could also say like, I'm going to weigh my options too. I would I would just say two things first one. Number one, I think Mitchell sometimes does look, and I get why he does this. He had to talk a lot last year. A lot of the times, he just says stuff that isn't actually. If you actually read back what he says, he didn't actually say anything. That 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 very it well sounds could good happen. in the you moment, but there's not a lot of substance to it, and it's a pretty yeah, common practice a lot of celebrities and athletes use. Yeah, I think everyone does it, but I don't think he's particularly the most open in that way. And I think secondly, he's also not LeBron. LeBron is the one player that the Cavs have had in the last in the history of their franchise that I think you can let yourself just get bullied around a little bit because it's LeBron James. That that doesn't exist with Mitchell. Mitchell is great. Mitchell was an All NBA guy last year. He was the best year of his career last year. He's an awesome player. I would sign him to extension today if he would accept it. There's zero question about that. But he's also not LeBron James, and I think at a certain point, if things go to a route where you don't know where it's going. You kind of probably do got to just be like, okay, but that I don't think that's now. I think that's that's a year. Yeah, it's uh, obviously something you to answer your question, go back to like the hardcore fan, whether not even if you're a hardcore fan, if you have direct decision making or control in the basketball operations of this team, like it's an idea. It's a thought that's always going to be weighing on your mind, but maybe it doesn't carry as much weight as what this upcoming season holds. But maybe some clarity comes through or clairvoyance comes through midway through the season or towards the end of the season, like Mitchell or his camp kind of warms up or at least indicates the idea of signing an extension of the Cavs and not like an extension, but he plans on staying with the team uh, for, for the foreseeable future like that. But I can give you a little bit of relief and a little bit of pause, but also shouldn't let you rest on your laurels, laurels either, because depending on how the off season or the postseason goes in the off season, like you are, now fully figuring out like, okay, what can we do to keep Donovan Mitchell or do we need to start warming up to the idea of trading this guy so we don't lose him for practically nothing considering all the assets at least we gave up uh, to acquire him so that we can at least recoup some of the value. And there's like sunk fallacy and all that stuff that comes with it. But I don't know. If you're you're the Cavs, you already are in a really nice spot because you have Evan Mobley and Darius Garland to build off of. But you obviously want to have Donovan Mitchell part of your long-term future with those two because you did pay a pretty penny to acquire him. Yeah. Let's leave it there. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Darren. We'll back tomorrow. We're going to dive into the new NBA res policy, how to fix the Cavs, what we think about it, and much more. Talk to you then. Enjoy the rest of your day.